Uh, welcome to the live chat, everybody. The Train Like a Ranger live stream where we talk about uh, all things fitness, nutrition, and military prep. And today's uh, episode has a very special guest, Angel Cortez. This will be our first live three-person episode. So welcome to the podcast, Angel. Hey, thanks for having me again, man. It's uh, it's nice to see your face. and, and Yeah, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see you again. We, we've done uh, two of these before, if you guys don't know. You should go check it out on the channel. Me and Angel have talked before, so he is a welcome guest anytime. Um, out there crushing it with the OG pumpkin. I, I want to talk to you about all sorts of stuff, but um, I guess uh, where I want to start off is let's talk about these tattoos, dude. This <laughs> all right. Um, dude, uh, I, at this point, it's almost almost 500 people have gotten a OG pumpkin design tattooed on them, and the, the first individual who actually got an OG pumpkin tattoo was somebody I mentored. Um, his, his dad, firefighter, he reached out like, Hey man, I, I live in San Diego. My son's name is actually Angel as well. He wants to join. Um, you know, my talk, okay, I have an event actually come up, I'll talk to your son. And so I did, I talked to him and, and he joined the army and he's still in doing some good, good stuff. And uh, one day he just, he sent me a, a, a picture and that week I had my appointment as well, but he did it first. So he got the tattoo, then I got a tattoo and then that's where I thought it was going to end and stop. And then I thought that was cool as, as it was. But then uh, somebody was like, hey, what do I need? Do I need to be a ranger in order to get a OG pumpkin tattoo? And I was like, no, man, this, this is not what, it's not about being a ranger. It's about a mindset, it's a, you know, um, and because the main one is the just keep going design, right? And the just keep going design is the ghost with the rucksack on, on him and, and the rifle and he looks like he's sucking. And, you know, some of us have been there and we know that feeling where it, it, it sucks, you know, and, and maybe you're, you're playing some mental games and you think you want to quit and just give up or you just keep going and, and sooner or later it's over and you're proud of yourself. And then also the sucking meaning was that, you know, life is, life is tough and sometimes, you know, we're in some dark moments, but but you just got to keep going because it's not always going to be like that forever. It, it'll eventually, you know, hopefully lead into a, a brighter, you know, future and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so people like that, and they just kept doing it. And then, and next thing you know, it was people from, from militaries, you know, from Spain, you know, from Germany, from Italy. And, and it's, it's crazy because now even cops took it. Cops took the rifle off and the rucksack their badge and, and a pistol on there or a firefighter just put a hose with it and it's i don't know man i didn't see this coming yeah it's so cool yeah it's so cool mm -hmm. to see because you know um i i've been watching you since 20 2020 is whenever i came on to the instagram scene and you know we talked about networking how we've been networking and just like watching how our network has grown and like people in our network has grown has been super cool you've definitely blown up og pumpkins blown up um and was this was this a real picture uh the 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 what was it i can't remember i think it was a bomber had the the og pumpkin on it was or was it a c-130 no yeah 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 no so somebody somebody photoshopped shot that okay. and i was like and, is that real dude no no <laughs> in the future it'll be real. that's right oh man yeah that, that was uh well i thought I, that was real whoever did that on photoshop was amazing because I, I thought that was 100 percent real it's my, it's my friend Jacob. He's he's pretty good at it. But I tell you what, it is on a a police helicopter. Uh, there's a so cool. 
I won't say what department it is, so they don't get in trouble. But somebody put it. Please <laughs> helicopter. Oh, so cool. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and and you're doing stuff with uh, you know, obviously with defense strategies. You're doing that shooting instructing. Um, you guys are killing it out there. But uh, the guys you roll with also uh, a lot of them are thrash and rape guys. Uh, yeah. Props on the videos. The skits are hilarious. By the way, I, I don't know if. You guys in the chat have seen those Thrash and Raid skit videos, but they're super well done. Dude, so. ben, ben, that's all Ben's idea. Benji, um, he's, always, he's always been a goofball like that, and, and he's really creative. And, he, dude, he's pushing so hard for Angelica to show up. He's like, hey, man, because you know how he's the, the female character dead? Yeah. He's like, like, hey, Angel, when's, uh, when's Angelica going to show up? I'm like, never, dude. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll put a wig on. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He's, he plays a good dead. That's for sure. I love the dead character. Dude. Yeah. Um, you so, know, he's telling me a story how they were filming a skit at Camp Pendleton and the SEALs were and, and he, he showed up and he's like, hey, man, I'm, we're just going to be filming some skits here and there. Like, are you guys going to be using this training area? And like, no, man, no, we're not. Um, go ahead. And that at one point when he put on the, the dress and he's running as Deb through like, you know, the training area with a rifle and looking all yoked out, like in a female, you know, attire. He said the SEALs were looking at him like, what the fuck is going on over there? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but Benji's like that, dude. He's so good to, to have around, man. Yeah, he, he seems solid. Um, I couldn't imagine he... being in the field and just seeing some dude like run by in a dress as I'm just out there doing whatever. Just I would I don't know what I would think, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's great. Who does the who does the uh like did they did they invest in a camera or did they find like a videographer? Like So the the first stuff that he was doing was just you know an, an iPhone, but but you know we he he wanted to take it on a more professional level. So now he he's got um, actually, uh, one of the characters, Gooch. Gooch is the guy who does that, who does it all, man. And and he's he's really talented because the videos, as as you can tell, the the, the quality has improved, and it's all because of Gooch. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's great. Um, so before we check on the questions, because I've seen a bunch of stuff roll in, um, we get this question all the time, and we we finally got you on for it. We get questions about the the regimental prep stuff all the time, and a lot of guys ask about you know the MOS, your MOS, twelve yeah. Bravo, Combat Engineer. So, um, what do you want to share with those guys on what they should be focusing on to be a twelve Bravo, and kind of like what they can expect? Yeah, to do as a twelve Bravo. All right. So first of all, there's not that many twelve Bravos in 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 regiment, and your job is to obviously be the explosive expert and the regimen i'm not sure if it's changed but unfortunately the dudes do some door charges and, and stuff like that and and they think they know everything about explosives then and there and they see it as we don't need a combat engineer so you're going to feel that pushback um i did and i talked to other uh combat engineers because if i unless i'm mistaken somebody told me when i joined uh, I believe I was the fourth combat engineer to be in regiment. Um, or, yeah. Uh, so, 
first of all, they're not going to know what the fuck you do. They're like a common engineer. What does that do? And then, and then once you tell them, they're like, well, I know demolitions. Well, you know some demolitions, but you're not an expert. And some people feel like you're there to take their job. You're not there to take a job. We're there to make the overall force better, right? Because the, the war is not what we've been doing for the, for the last two decades, right? Or what we did for the last two decades. It's not just going to be door charges or a gate charge. You no, know, we got to think about the conventional side. But what happens if we're dealing with tanks or, or we're, we're doing this and we're doing that and we want to build um, uh, an obstacle, right? To, to you know, move troops or tanks a certain way. Well, you, got, you have to know conventional explosives and, you know, the, the, all the door charges. And so, for example, when I went to Master Breacher and they're like, okay, set up the Bangalores, the, the, the dude who uh, I was with, because, uh, you know, they didn't know how to set up a Bangalore. Like, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to do this. And I remember thinking like, well, you're, dude, you're an E6 in, in regiment and, and you've deployed so many times. How do, you, how do you not know how to set up a Bangalore or, 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 or a shape charge or a crater charge? And this is just basic level combat engineer stuff. And that's how and where our specialty will come in, right? It's, we're not always going to be used. So when you're not being used, you got to be productive. And that's what I did. I made it, your career is in your hands. So I walked, I told Celise, because Celise was my section leader, which is for the people who don't know, he just won the Medal of Honor. You know, he, he, he died in Afghanistan. Celise told me this, he told me, he's like, hey man, you, you have to make yourself uh, useful and, and show them that you're useful, right? So when I went to Master Breacher, because I, I had technically not been to Master Breacher, they're like, hey, you have to be a Master Breacher. So I showed them at Master Breacher what I could do. And then after that, when I would go to Master Breacher as a assistant instructor, I helped teach, which which showed them, you know, because you got what, ACO, BCO, CCO sending guys over, and then they are seeing like, oh shit, this dude's helping. Like, so he clearly knows what he's doing. So you, your reputation then builds. And what I also did is I, I went up to every single uh, company area. I was fucking nervous. And I walked into all of them and I was like, uh, uh, I need to talk to platoon sergeant. And I talked to every single platoon sergeant. I introduced myself. I was nervous as fuck. And I was like, hey, my name's Andrew Cortez. Uh, I'm the new combat engineer. If, if you guys are ever doing any explosive training, I, I would like to, to be there and assist. Um, you know, and and uh, and then and then the ones who were more willing to take me in, like uh, dudes from ACO, really took me in, and they would take me to their ranges. Uh, a couple of dudes from DECO, uh, and then and then I would say, hey, if maybe if you guys are doing some shooting and and you got room for a guy, you know, I'll help I'll help carry ammo and set up or whatever, or break stuff down, you know. And they're like, hey, oh shit, okay, yeah, man, we'll 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 have you come out. Um, so if I didn't do that. I would just be in the company area, just hanging around, waiting until somebody was like, hey, you know what? Hey, you go do this, you go do that, right? I had to be proactive and, and, and get myself out there and build relationships. Because again, um, I've worked with ODAs and in ODA teams, a guy does multiple jobs, right? You, you, you got your Charlie, who's a de uh, demolitions expert, and you got your, your, your weapons expert, and you have all this and that, right? So everyone has their own job that makes the team better. But uh, I feel like regiment is just so 11 Bravo heavy that they feel all they ever need is 11 Bravos. And because I've talked to almost everyone who's not an 11 Bravo and they were like, they didn't feel like they needed FOs or they didn't feel like they needed mortars or, or they, didn't, they didn't need A, B, and C because all we need 
is 11 Bravos. Well, no one's trying to take anybody's job. We're just trying to add and contribute to the force. So I got a lot of pushback. Um, I had to, it took me a year to, everything they sent me to, I fucking killed it. Uh, well, the dudes were quitting and, and not passing, I passed, right? You got ranger school, cert, master breacher, and all this stuff. And, and you have to, when even this, is the, this goes beyond 11 Bravo. If you're not an 11 Bravo, you have to make yourself known that you are an asset to regiment, right? Because this is, this is not a, you name whatever MOS is not an 11 Bravo. That's not that world, right? This is an 11 Bravo world and you have to make yourself useful. Yeah. That's a really good point too. It's funny. I always joke about 13 boxes, 68 whiskeys, combo guys, like no one cares about you until they really need you. And they really, really need you when they do. So like no one cares about the guy who calls for fire until it's time and you need the call for fire. And then they're like, oh man, yeah, he's awesome. Now like get up here and do this. You're one of the guys. <laughs> um, but another point you brought up about the the breaching and stuff is because the guys do ask us about 12 Bravos. And it wasn't until I got to the 173rd actually, I spent some time there. Because they're over in Europe, they still focus conventional warfare. So that was the first time I worked like really hand in hand with a lot of 12 Bravos. We used to bring them out to every training event. They would be setting up obstacles, breaching obstacles. We would be doing, you know, assaulting a bunker battle drills with obstacles on the way there, working in the trenches and stuff. And that was the first time I had actually gotten to see a 12 Bravo kind of in their element doing like their whole thing. And I think it's something that maybe regiment lost a little bit along the way because the war on terror did go on so long that I definitely saw much more conventional training in the conventional army than I did when I was in regiment. So it, it's interesting to hear about what you did as 12 Bravo, just because I know regiment didn't really focus that style of warfare because it wasn't at the forefront of our mind when we're deploying every, you know, six to eight months. Yeah. 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 It's a great point. He brought up how, you know, things are going to change and they are changing. So, you know, um, I, I'm curious to see how things have changed, you know, since you guys have, you know, you know, we advocated for our position and hearing, you know, you, you advocated for your position and, you know, I'm curious to see where it's at now um, because, you know, the next, the next war is probably not going to be like it was in the war on terror, but it was, it was a you know, such a long time in that war. So everything was geared that way. So, you know, I'm curious to see how it changes. A hundred percent. I'm curious too. And, and so since you mentioned, I work for defense strategies group, uh, we have some, some dudes who are Navy SEAL and, and they are already, they're already changing their ways. They, uh, some of the guys, they, they tell us, you know, and, and, and my, they'll be like more conventional stuff. It's, it's, it's back to the stuff that we were doing uh, before, you know, the GWAT, and then also because, you know, Russia and all this, now they're doing more conventional stuff. And so I'm, I'm interested to see if that would happen in the regiment as well. Yeah. And that's the case for a lot of MOSs too. I mean, the 11 Bravos obviously are going to have to learn, you know, focus on different kinds of battle drills. 13 Foxes, Ford Observers might go back to actually using OPs, which isn't something that we've done in a long time. Like 12 Bravo is going to be building, going to be blowing stuff up. Like it's going to be, it's going to change a lot of people's like day-to-day -day training and lives that are in this, like in the military. Yeah. Hopefully, I guess they're doing that. <laughs> um, we've gotten a lot of traffic coming through, so I'm going to scroll up um, and see, see what we got. 
Yeah, it's hard for me to scroll up. Um, so Parth said he sent some artwork for the TLR apparel. Uh, yeah, so Parth and, and a few others, I see your emails come through. We're going to check it out. Um, it looks awesome what we've seen so far. We still got a couple emails to go through, but uh, I, man, guys are already sending artwork in. You know, in the past, early on, I would I would put out things like, "Hey, guys, send me some stuff," and then maybe one person come through. But this time, a bunch of people come through. So again, it goes back to what we were saying: the growth. It's good to see, and some of you guys are sending some uh, awesome stuff. Everything we've seen actually has been awesome. So um, we're going to take a look through some of the other stuff. We already got the thumbnail, so just a just a heads up. Uh, send us some uh, artwork if you guys are coming into the stream you don't know what's going on uh we're looking for artwork for merchant apparel so send that in um but uh yeah everything looks good we're gonna check it out but the, the thumbnail that we got is solid uh we're sold. so um yeah just so you guys know it frustrates me to look at this stuff because you posted that like a day and a half ago and these dudes are just cranking out just like such high level content to the email and like everything you see at dlr so much of my blood sweat and tears have gone into like and i've just like taught myself stuff as i go and but do you guys just like immediately just make things that are so much better than what i make is just so sad for me <laughs> yeah well let's talk about, yeah let's talk about this thing so merchant apparel so i can speak for for how i started uh i don't know i, I think you were around when i first started uh doing the the heat press t-shirts I would print off the transfer paper and heat press them on shirts. And yeah. uh, I'll be honest with you guys, we're much, I can say this because we, we put out quality merch now. Uh, it was garbage starting off, right? So I'd throw in some like extras with it because I knew it wasn't very good, but I didn't know how to do much. So starting out, did you have like people with you kind of helping you out or did you have to figure it out as you, as you went? So I, right off the start, uh, I got lucky um, because I, I worked in a, a, printing shop that did everything and it was all in house what, what i had to learn the hard way was the, the business side. you know um i i broke my foot in my last muay thai fight so at the time i was i was going to school and i was delivering for a, a dispensary company and so obviously since i broke my foot i i, I can't i can't deliver so I, I lost that job and dude i i it was in between semesters i was going broke and uh, my phone just got cut off and I'm like, fuck, I need a job. So I just reached out to a bunch of people and I'm like, Hey, I, I, I need a job. I, I still have my broken foot, but I need something. And they told me, Hey, I have a friend who has a printing shop. Are you, are you willing to travel? And I, and yeah, uh, I drove there and they're like, yeah, man, well, I'll give you a job. You're a veteran. And I was a veteran as well. And, and, uh, I'm super grateful that they gave me that job at the time. Uh, but I, I was literally only folding t-shirts because I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> I couldn't help with anything else, you know? So I was literally just in the corner being like full t-shirts for a bunch of um, veteran apparel companies. And, and they also printed for Camp uh, Pendleton. So a bunch of units over there. Um, but they did, they do DTG and, and screen printing and um, they did hats. So I, 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 I got to see firsthand how much work it went to, to everything. Um, I got lucky. With, uh, uh, so, but in the beginning, of course, man, the, with most companies in the beginning, you're, you're just trying to learn, right? So if, if things aren't that great, you know, it's okay. Like I, I bought a t-shirt from, from a, a big, they're now a really big veteran company. And well, uh, I washed it and half the art fell off. And then the guy was like, Oh yeah, I actually just screen print this in my garage, man. 
And I'm like, oh, I wasn't complaining. I'm, I work at a, a printing shop. I know, I know shit happens. Mistakes are, are occurred. I just want to let you know. So you, so you know, like, hey, maybe I got to change A, B, or C, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it is, uh, the merch, the merch to me was, was the, the biggest hiccup in my start. I, I figured out how to do a lot of stuff, but yours is really great. Uh, I got the, the new OG pumpkin fight shorts. Yeah, like those are those are really nice. Uh, and and I'm not just blowing smoke for you guys in the chat. Like seriously, nice. The rash guard, great quality. And I've watched that thing like a bazillion times. It, the print, everything stays nice, and you know, it still looks great. So I wear it all the time. Like it's great. And and the the Dragon Ball Z one. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z nerd. So like when I saw that, I was I had to have it, dude. Dude, and well, I got lucky on that because um, a, a bunch of Rangers uh, were like, "Hey, man, can your art work is perfect for rash guards and at the time i wasn't that serious into jujitsu but i knew what they meant right if, if, if you put it all together it's got a crazy design most rash guards have you know either a crazy design or a very simple and plain well not plain in a bad way but but good right plain design so they're like dude make us some rash guards please and then i'm like dude i i, I don't even know where to start and then and then they just kept asking like months and then i'm like okay I, I, i'm gonna reach out and i reached out to three companies and, and on Instagram, and they literally just left me on red. Like they didn't even respond. And then I was like, okay, well, someone's like, hey, you should hit up Ten Planet and for their people. And I'm like, Ten Planet is worldwide. They have gyms all over the world. If, if these companies said no to me, I don't, I don't think they're gonna say yes to me. But I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just gonna send them a message, explain who I am, what do I do, what I'm trying to do. And if they say no, well, well I. I'm exactly where I started off, right? So I sent Ten Planet, um, the 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 distributor that makes them for Ten Planet. I send them, I sent him a, a DM, and he responded. He's like, "Yeah, man, what do you need?" And so, so when people find out, you know, the, the quality is because, well, Ten Planet is a no gi gym, and that's what they specialize in no gi. So their 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 stuff is good, and I got lucky that they're the ones who who actually make my shorts and rash guards. That's so cool. Yeah. The I you know and I will say uh, what I really enjoy about the the jujitsu community especially it seems like a lot of a lot of veterans have um, especially have flocked to jujitsu as like a form of therapy and I think it's it's got three big things and other martial arts have this as well it's community physical activity sense of purpose all wrapped into one and I think that's really why it's so popular and so I'm you know I'm sure he saw a veteran. Um, checked your stuff and it was a it was a done deal that's super awesome yeah man and saying martial arts is is, is huge you know I, I was competing in training while while i was still uh, a ranger and you know duty and all that and 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 continuing that training and competing when i got out helped me out so much man that i would tell guys you know dude go find a gym find a gym and now i i like it i like how how much more popular jujitsu is because when I was at 175, we had the bags against the wall and I, I literally felt like I was the only guy using them. And occasionally I would see like dudes wrestling on the side or something. But now when I talk to Rangers, they're like, Oh no, dude, like fucking everybody trains now. Like everyone, there's so many more people that train and I'm like, dude, that's, that's awesome. Um, I wish I had that so I can train with other Rangers, but uh, I'm, I'm happy that it's, it's going on right now for the, for the new guys. Yeah, I said that all the time. I wish I would have been bigger in, into it when I was in because we had all the resources. Uh, we even had—I uh, don't know if you remember—but one of the one of the strength coaches 
was a was a former UFC fighter, right? Yeah. Was UFC right? Um. Yeah. UFC. Um. And and I I talked to him for a bit, but he, uh, as soon as as soon as I decided to reach out, he was just leaving. So so I really worked with the uh, Texas, the football team Texas, the strength conditioning coach that that came to one seven five for us. Yeah. Yeah. He was great too. Um. But we had all those resources, and I know he was doing personals for people early on, and it's just like you know. Um, and third bed, I think has um, has the octagon. Yeah. They have like all the stuff. I haven't seen it personally, but I hear it's awesome. Nice. Yeah. Well, it would have been nice if someone maybe had set it up in a more um, like structured format. Like they could have got someone that wanted to teach guys and like, but because like really you don't know who does it, and especially when you're a private in regiment, like. I'm not walking up to a squad leader who's like, I'm not going to be like, Hey, uh, Sergeant, do you do uh, jujitsu? And will you train me? And like, it's, and like none of the guys that I had in ACO did it that I knew of. So really there was no one for me to go, you know, to teach me how to do it or anything like that. So it would have been nice. If so, it would have been a little bit more structured and utilized like a lot of the equipment and stuff that we had in 175. Oh, 100%, man. Yeah, it's cool to hear that the, the that more people are, are getting into that stuff. I think there's a big wave of um, popularity with it. And I think it's you know you're gonna see a lot of people doing. Um, I mean, dude, a lot a lot of veterans are doing it. Uh, like OG Pumpkin, we had a, an open mat. We had about 50 people show up from from gyms that otherwise wouldn't train with each other because they compete against each other a lot. Um, and a good percent were veterans, man. And I was so stoked, so happy. Uh, mostly Marines, because I mean. It's SoCal, so you got Camp Pendleton, a uh, couple, couple SEALs, but um, it's, dude, I mean, even the veteran community is getting more into it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poppy Fergie, by the way, says, dope designs, getting a medic version where it's dragging a skin. Oh, dope, man. Thank you. Scrolling down through here. You know, in, in touch screens, dude, sometimes I, like, click off. And it goes all the way to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Instagram drives me crazy with that. It's so hard to I, function the chat sometimes. Yeah. My, mine is super small in the corner, but it, but 18 Otter says he sent a question. He's like, it needs to be addressed. I have seen 18 Otter just spam in the chat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, this is good. Okay. 18 Otter says, would you rather fight one horse sized duck or a hundred duck sized horses? Dude. Uh, horse-sized duck. I, I think so. Yeah, I think Any a horse-sized duck. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, dude, fuck it. Go big or go home, dude. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could take on one horse-sized duck. It, it would be yeah. ugly, but I could do it. Yeah. A hundred of anything is kind of a lot. That just scares me, dude. Yeah, that yeah. is true. Little horses kick in like they do, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fifteen Otter says, uh, "Madman," because he's he's going for the hundred uh, hundred horses. Oh, look, I only have two hands and two legs. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I am much better equipped to fight one person or one thing than a hundred. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, there's way more energy because you yeah. got all these horses with fresh energy, and you got to take on all of them, dude. Even if you get like one good solid hit, you got to hit a hundred times. That's See, what I'm saying. And that's you know? before you go down from a hundred hits. We're really problem solving right now. That's gotta work. Yep. 
Um, we got another one that says, uh, opinions on H2F just completed MFT. All right. So I'm notoriously bad at acronyms. So you all know what that is? H2F. I didn't. No, I, I guess that's H2F. It's like an army program, I guess. Here I am with the Google, dude. See, I got the Google on the ready. I'm ready, dude. Dude, I've, I've, never, I've never been ready with, with acronyms. Never. I've, people have always said something like an acronym, even when I was active duty, and then, and then they'll say, like, it's this and this. And I, I would always be like, well, just say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one, because, like, when I hang out with, uh, with some vets, they just throw out the acronyms, dude. Or uh, Yeah, it's, it really throws me off. Uh, well, I was how many times they... I was in three different units and like not even every unit uses the same acronym. So like when I got to some places, they say different stuff. I was like, they would be like, Oh, what does that stand for? I was like, I don't, I was like, I know what we're doing, but I don't know what your specific acronym to your unit stands for. So like, leave me alone. <laughs> oh, dude. And you forget everything. And I remember I was talking to this ranger and, and a bunch of Marines came in and, and then they were asking questions. And then we were like, dude, what's that big, training exercise we do at the end of the year and it was like yeah i can't remember but i know what you're talking about and i remember thinking like all these marines right now probably think like these fucking losers are probably not even real rangers because they don't even know what they did every year and i'm like and not till the next day i was like mlac mlac yeah. <laughs> like, we jumped out of like eight planes over the course of three days that's all yeah. i remember i don't know <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my dude you gave me Give me flashbacks just mentioning him like um, yeah um oh what's up paul gomez hey paul i hope you're doing better man uh again if you need a buddy to walk around or something dude paul gomez was in a a life-threatening uh accident and and he's he's doing a lot better uh so if you need someone to walk around do walk the dog or something man hit me up Oh, sorry to hear that, Paul. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, Poppy says, uh, Angel, did you work with any 28th EOD? Uh, is that the Navy EOD? 28th. I'm about to Google it. I mean, it was either EOD, Navy EOD or Army EOD, you know? I think it's Army EOD because it says Airborne, Fort, Fort Bragg Airborne. 28th EOD company, Airborne, yeah, so it's an Army unit. I mean, probably. I mean, I've worked with mostly Navy EOD, but there was a time where I was I was, I was clearing a road, uh, and I knew there was a fucking bomb in there. Like, I knew, I was like, this, there's, there's a bomb right here. I know it. And I was digging and digging, but I didn't dig deep enough that the next day uh, I, I, again, started digging, and nothing came up. And as I told the trucks, hey, all clear, the First one rolled by, and then I was in the second one. So the second one rolls by, and as I'm walking up to it, it blows up. Um, so they called EOD, and I remember it was an Army guy, EOD, and and he helped me dig out uh, the uh, – it was two thick blocks of wood with a thin copper deep down there. So the first truck didn't set it off because it wasn't that heavy. So when the second one – when it was enough to set it off um that's the only time i worked with army eod overseas so maybe it was then yeah he 
He says right here, Army 28th attached to Army Soft reportedly a bunch. Oh, yeah. Then, then Yeah, man. Then most likely, yeah. I saw mostly Navy on you guys. Yeah. Uh, but I obviously worked with less explosives than you did. But usually when I saw them out with us, they were Navy. Well, good dudes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot of props. That, uh, that's so nerve-wracking. Like... I just, I know, like, anytime I was in a striker, you know, driving around, uh, just not the worst anxiety, dude. And, um, you know, fortunately, I, I never was in a vehicle that, or even a convoy that got blown up at any point. So, you know, uh, very fortunate for me, but very nerve-wracking just to be around. I couldn't imagine, you know, going and trying to dig it up, you know, it takes a lot of guts. Dude, it's, this is why I say war is a drug, because... Uh, things that used to give me like a pump or uh, you know adrenaline and stuff like that, it, it wouldn't. And and doing stuff like that, doing stuff like that was, it's clear to say I had I had lost my mind because you know I would dig them up with my bare hands and just be like, hey, I got one, guys. And, uh-huh. and not till afterwards when I'm like, hey, dude, like you you're you're, you're kind of gambling and you're not always gonna win, so you should probably chill out. Um, Especially when when I see my dudes get blown up, and then and then I gotta dismount and do it again, you know, go tr- try to find a bomb. And uh, my issue was never during; it was always after. After it was all said and done, that's when it, it, it you're alone and you're thinking about it. That's when it's like. So when you say I don't know how, well, I just don't think about it at the time. But not till later, then it fucking hits home, and I just gotta tell that voice to shut up. Well, you well, you almost have to shut off when you're doing it because if you if you really you know start going down that you know road while you're trying to do it, you're not gonna want to do it anymore. Oh yeah. Plus, the way I saw it, um, hey man, if if it went off while I was trying to dig, well, guess what? It, it ain't my problem anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's what, I said the same thing about jumping. I was like, either my chute's gonna open, it's not. I'm gonna pull my reserve. That's gonna open, or it's not, and then. There's nothing else I can do about it at that point. Like, it's not up to me. That's, you know, the cards I got dealt. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I heard a, I heard a quote in a, in a movie. Um, maybe y'all can remind me. It's, it's with George Clooney, and he's fighting off a bunch of vampires. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, man. Anyway, it's a Quentin Tarantino movie. But the quote in the movie is that one guy says, one guy was talking about uh, Vietnam. And there's a guy that says, I couldn't do that. And, and he says, sure you can if anybody can do it if they don't have a choice you know i guess if you look at it like that like you're in a situation like especially when you're out there sometimes you you don't have a choice like you got you gotta persevere so you know well yeah plus when you got your your dudes there too like it's got to get done from dusk till dawn yep yeah yeah that's it from dusk till dawn have you seen that one angel yeah yeah damn it's been a while it's been a while yeah it's it's a wild one um, let's see. All right. What's the question we got? So we got. Um. Okay. Colin. Colin's got a, a prep question. Says, did you get smoked before testing the push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, so the PT test at RASP? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do you remember Tony? I don't. I'll be honest with you guys. There's things. There's things about RASP I really remember well, but then I don't remember 
the morning before. Yeah, I remember. Well, it's the first day, I think. But it was back when, when me and you went through for your time, my first time. We woke up and did the five-mile run. Like, day one, we did the five-mile run. And I remember you spend your entire morning getting just you you got to get your bags right in formation and stuff like and so you're just getting crushed all morning it's like 3 a.m you're like moving your bags from pre-rest to rest just getting crushed and then they just like you they bring you to the airfield and then you run your five mile your anxiety <laughs> your heart is, your anxiety right. yeah. is just like spiking like you just got crushed all morning Zero um, sleep too. yeah but the the when you went through daniel i think the phase two pt tests at the end that you have to like take to pass i don't think they really mess with you too much at that point just because it's like week seven and you guys are about to graduate um but it was different when i went through the second time um they have sporadic like the the events aren't all pushed into that first three weeks it's kind of spread throughout um so it, it just depends i guess on how they're running it now yeah but yes Colin says, wildest military story ever. Which one? I don't know. Yeah, there's a, there's a, there's a bunch. There's, uh, there's so, many, uh, so many different categories. I don't know. Well, there's. Yeah, that's true. Wildest, wildest military story. Uh, dude, so one day um, we, we got intel that they were making HME, right? So, so we. we did a mission to go find it in the village and and we didn't find it and the, the the intel was like dude we got we got uh photos of it from from isr whatever whatever platform they use to to get the pictures or like hey man they, they got the hme look they're drying it out all that stuff this house we didn't come up uh, up on on anything and about two weeks later we were at a small copy in our mail and and just I just happened to be in looking in the general direction, and this dude blew himself up uh, at the gate at this small little cop. And I remember thinking that the dust cloud almost hit the uh, Black Hawk that was just flying by. And everyone's like, "Dude, where the fuck was that at?" And I had been at that little cop a couple of times, so I knew that was one of the gates. And I'm like, "Yo, dude, that's at the fucking gate." And as I'm saying for like the second time, that's at the fucking gate. I feel the most, the, 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 the uh, strongest force I've ever felt in my life. Next thing you know, my face is in the dirt. I'm trying to fucking, I know I'm not dead. Um, I don't know what just happened. And what happened was the dude blew himself at the gate to allow a dump truck to go in and blow itself up. So then I run, I grab my kit and all the SF dudes with me grab their kid we're obviously in, in, in it's early morning so we're in mixed uniforms right some dudes are in actual some whatever uniform some dudes just only have shorts on and boots and we run fucking down there to close the hole because uh the month prior they had uh blown up i think it was salerno um they they blown themselves up over there so when we get there dude it is like 90 something americans got hurt um and it's right next to a bazaar the the, the the cop was right next to a bazaar and dude there was bodies fucking everywhere uh and it just happened to be that we closed down the vsp that we were operating out of 
and we had to deal with another fee that was coming on the way. So our combat controller took care of uh, that one. But uh, later on, we found out that the, the, the second B-bid was meant for the BSP we were operating out of. So, so that was their plan. They had tried to overrun our VSP actually prior to that, to where they got to as close as the other side of the wall and, and grenades had to, had to be thrown. Um, and, and the HME we first tried to find was that HME. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was at Salerno after that. Um, mm, I remember that. I, I want to say, yeah, that happened probably 2012, right? Yep. When that occurred, yeah. So we were there. I got there in 2013. Um, we saw the aftermath. They were still rebuilding uh, after that. That was, yeah, that was a, that was a big deal. That's crazy. I, I didn't know you were there for that. Yeah, dude, it was. That was a crazy day, man. Because as you can imagine, you know, it was just it was just fucking crazy. And I remember at the end of the day, uh, when I went to our little sleeping area, um, I had pieces of flesh in in my boots because obviously we'd been stepping all over all of that. And uh, dude, I, it, it, when you tell people that you do this, I, I tell the they don't understand it. But I I literally that little piece of flesh I saw stuck in my shoelaces, man. I just left it there. Cause I'm like, dude, this is how real as it gets. Because we had, I had felt that, hey, we've gotten in a lot of firefights. We, we, I found IEDs and 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 we we fought through ambushes. That was heavy, but this was next level. Cause I had I had not experienced anything like that, you know. Um, that that was next level, and I, I wanted to just keep it in there as a reminder, like, hey, man, there's, you think you've done this, this, and that, but but it, it goes higher, you know. And I actually found the, the propaganda video they, they used for that. Somebody sent it to me uh, not that long ago, dude. And they had a, a sandcastle built with, like, cardboard little uh, boxes to show the whole, the whole cop and, and how where they would enter and stuff like that. So when people think, like, oh, <laughs> the U.S. couldn't fight farmers. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yes, we fought some farmers, but we are our legit fighter and they know what they're doing yeah so i was actually just going to point that out too that's it's funny that you say that like they they aren't as well equipped but they're not stupid like it's not like they don't know what they're doing like their their tactics aren't like terrible just because they don't have like the equipment that we have doesn't mean that they don't know how to fight <clears throat> yeah so, yeah <clears throat> yeah it's a dangerous place they've been fighting forever i mean so Oof. Um, let's see. Scrolling down here. Billy says, I guess he heard Striker comment. He says, old AF. Striker's <laughs> outdated. They got new things now? Um, I honestly don't know. They they still have to use Strikers. No way they don't use them anymore. Are we they don't get rid of anything. Are we are we that old? I don't I don't know. <laughs> just like we're old, There's no way they don't get rid of anything in the army. They still got them. Still remember, them. remember when we were in and you're like twenty, twenty one, and then you would look at the older the, the older guys and they're like, you know, thirty or thirty one. You're like, damn, that dude's old. <laughs> look at this old guy coming in here telling me what to do. Now well, I'm thirty. Uh, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, that we're that, that and we're like. Yep. Well, 
Yeah. They still, yeah. back in my day, they had strikers. They still have to have them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is weird to think think about, uh, you know, that we're getting older. I, I feel like I hit 22, and, like, I feel like I've grown in experiences and things. You know, of course, like, I feel more mature, but I feel like I've just been kind of stuck at the same age. I, like, remind myself, like, getting older, dude, and I'm about to cross that 30 uh, threshold. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. No, my body does a good time. Good job of reminding me I'm 30 pretty much every day. It's no big deal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I uh, I should not say this at all, but I, I went to the dark side, right? I, I got a Planet Fitness membership because it's close to my school. Yeah. I used to say I wouldn't work out at Planet Fitness. You know, I thought I liked the the gyms with the chalk and the and the weights and stuff. But as I'm getting older, I'm like, yeah, these are kind of nice. And these machines are kind of nice. <laughs> 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 uh, I lost some followers right there, dude. All right, so let's see. Uh, Nis Momax, I think I said that right. Gentlemen, uh, what would be your best collective advice to a 31-year-old who is heading out soon with the Option 40 uh, 13 Fox contract with uh, the current state of the Army as well as the regiment? So current advice to a 31-year-old going in with an Option 40 Ford Observer. We're joking about being 30 years old and old yeah. and feeling Dude, well, <laughs> This man is like, I'm 31. <laughs> we didn't read that ahead of time. We, I had a 32-year-old former lawyer join, and, and he, he made it. Um, I mean, of course, maybe some of the stuff was hurting more than, than let's say, the 18-year-old. But, yeah, dude, he was a former lawyer with no physical history, as in, like, he wasn't a, a college athlete or anything like that. He just he, – he worked at a law firm for a long time, and then he's like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go be a ranger. And he made it through. So if a former lawyer with, with no college football history or anything like that can make it through, then, then you can't. And, and um, yeah, what do you guys got to say? Uh, I, I usually notice that when I, because we went through some, some older guys as well. Um, those guys always handle like a lot of the mental side and a lot of like the, you know, the mental side for them is always so much better. They're just so much more mature. They have so much more life experience and things like that. So like, yeah, my body is probably in a little bit better shape because I was younger. Um, for the most part, like everyone's probably hurting. You might hurt a little bit more, but you're going to have so many more advantages over these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids who coming out of high school, going into regiment, don't know really anything about anything as much as like we like to think we did at the time. Like all this finances and he's a lawyer. I mean, he'll be he'll be good. And, and since and this goes beyond age but i mean since he is 30 man when you have time off i would suggest you go get a deep tissue like a deep massage tissue maybe go to see a chiropractor get a nice meal you have time to work on your body so when you have time off uh don't be one of the dudes that would just stay in watch tv you know do some body maintenance some body recovery uh, for the next week yeah, that's great. And yeah, we saw, you know, we talked. Say, say again, Jay. I was just saying recovery is super important. I mean, even now, just going to the gym and running, I have to do body maintenance for myself. <laughs> yeah, like I said, you know, uh, time keeps passing. I, I forget I'm not 22. It takes a little bit more time for me to bounce back from some stuff. Like I train super hard or have a hard sparring session sometimes. Um, sometimes I, just, I don't bounce back as quick, you know. Um, I want to. <laughs> my, my mind wants to. <laughs> but, um, 
but yeah, no, that's great. And, and we did see, you know, we saw, we talk about, um, you know, we saw a couple guys in their forties go through, like just start the army in their forties. So, I mean, you, you see stuff like that and they do great. They do exceptional. Um, and for those guys, probably the hardest part is dealing with, uh, the young guys, you know, I was uh, going to say, yeah, <laughs> young Jay and young Dan, dude. Um, listen, if Tom Brady can play in the NFL at 45 or whatever, you can, you'll be good at 31. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, Tony Hawk is still skating at 50. Right. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, uh, dude. Uh, you know, the, the, the jackass guys are still doing their movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much of that is drug fueled though. So <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, that's not a good, uh, good example. But yeah, taking care of your body, like Angel said, is I think the most important thing when you, as you get older, even as you get older into the army and you've started your career, like you'll see the guys that last the longest are the dudes that take the best care of themselves, you know, watch what they eat, you know, take care to recover, you know, uh, making sure they're not overdoing it, resting. And I tell you guys this all the time, like if you got to go to the medics because something hurts, like you're going to mess yourself up long-term if you don't fix those issues when they happen. If you keep letting them get worse and worse and worse over time, they're just going to hinder you for the rest of your entire life not to mention your career oh yeah 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 and and don't you know um i'm i'm so happy that the army is putting more focus on uh body wellness you know the fitness side of things getting more a little bit more um you know holistic with it because you know and i talk about prep prep the the prep thing used to get uh, some flack, but a lot of guys were going into the military sedentary and then they're doing running for the first time, all this running, and then all of a sudden stress fractures. It's like the most common injury in the military. Stress fractures is uh, an under, you guys are not prepared for the impact that you're getting into. Your body's not conditioned for it. Talk about training, how it conditions the body, it conditions connective tissue to include bone, tendons, and then builds muscle, right? All those things. So you've got this foundation. So you're, you're looking at less injury and then don't um don't underestimate the importance of warm-ups and cool down stretching like um and, and then the importance of posture a lot of a lot of the pains that guys are having um is you know has to do with some nerve impingement or you know some slight posture problems and if they just knew how to stretch some things out and adjust some things like you said chiropractor appointment myofascial release like yeah. massages you know you can you can undo a lot of pain that way and keep yourself going Dude, but body maintenance is so important because people always ask me, uh, how is it that, you know, you skate, you surf, you you, you compete in training jiu-jitsu, you go to AMP, and I, I well, dude, because I'm able to do all that because all of the maintenance that I, that I do, right? So, for example, I do decompression, right? A lot of us, I used to have my back issues were so um, severe that, that I used to have to put a pillow uh, in my car in order for me to drive because I, 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 it just, I thought I was fucked until I went to go see professionals at, at a rehab place. And, and they, they taught me the importance of literally stretching out, right. Doing some decompression, chiropractor, deep tissue. And they were like, hey, are you doing any of this? And I'd be like, no. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I just go and train hard. And I, I would neglect all this stuff. So no wonder I was redlining my body, not taking care of it, and and then getting hurt. So what else would you expect? Yeah, I have a and pillow in like, my car in my driver's seat. I felt attacked right there. 
it would be like young me, you fuel yourself with, uh, uh, you know, I, I would say I made the big change when I was 25 because before 25, I was fueling myself on Red Bulls and Red Bulls and, um, you know, a lot of tobacco use, alcohol, all that stuff. Um, and, you know, I don't do any of that stuff now. You know, I have like drinks socially, you know, very occasionally. I have, you know, a few beers. But, um, you know, for the most part, I'm drinking water. I'm eating you know, healthy, I mean, whole food sources, and it, it, it's so important, like, your body is what it eats, you know, and, and takes in, and you, you definitely know that, you're super educated on nutrition, we've talked about that stuff before, like, dude, yeah, um, and, but, I mean, I, I thought I knew, you know, I thought I knew about nutrition, because uh, uh, I was an active duty ranger, training and competing in, in Muay Thai and kickboxing, and I'm like, I know what I'm doing, until I went to go see our registered dietitian <laughs> that 175 had, and, you know, she said, if I could make you, you know, three to 5% stronger and faster, what would you do different on your diet? And then I told her, whatever you tell me to do. And she made me a meal plan. And I remember thinking, this can't be real. This can't lead me to becoming faster and stronger. And it did because I was doing the whole typical bunch of protein, carbs, no vegetables. If I ate an apple like once a week, I, I used to think like, okay, I'm done. The, I covered my, my fruits. And, yeah. and then it, and then I changed it. Then I do two salads, one, right, one for lunch, one for dinner, um, two fruits, a lot more water, way less protein, way less carbs, um, mostly way less carbs. It was mostly the carbs. I was eating a bunch of carbs. I used to think like, I'll work it out. No, no I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, the 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 vegetables are huge. You know, whenever I got, um, super lean and I was, um, my most at my peak athletic performance was when I was eating, I, I, I would say almost, and I say this, I say this lightly, even though like, I think vegetarian diet's fine. Um, I was eating mostly vegetarian, right. But I was also eating lean meats. So I wasn't full vegetarian. I was still eating lean meats, like, but a lot of cooked vegetables, uh, a lot of water intake, just staying hydrated, uh, and then, you know, I had some fruits in there, but it was all, you know, clean whole food sources. I wasn't eating processed foods. I would stay away from things and packages, uh, stay away from, you know, fatty, fatty foods, like even fattier meats, like that were high, super high in saturated fats and stay away from that. Um, so that I saw a lot of success doing that. Oh, definitely. Um, so we're, we, we are ending our hour cap. So let's hit two more questions and then we'll end with our final uh, thoughts here. So let me, let me kind of cherry pick these last two questions. Um, all right, Angel, can you see the, can you see the questions? No, I just see uh, like the chat. Like if somebody joins or asks a question, I mean, or ask a, uh, like types in a comment. Okay. Um, do you want to pick the last two out of the comments? Um, man. Uh, Daniel always trying to pass off his work. <laughs> Advice for body longevity, things you fellas would have done different. Dude, I I had a ranger who, as I was exiting, uh, one time was, uh, he's like, yo, let's go squat. And I said, all right, let's go squat. And I was doing, I was using the foam roller. Uh, and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I gotta, I gotta, you know, warm up. I, I, I foam roll and then I do a little band work to get it going and then i remember he was just laughing and he, and he put on plates and just started squatting I, I i around 2017 
I guess he had got out and I talked to him and I was like, yo, dude, how's your back? And he's like, dude, it, it fucking hurts. And I'm like, remember that one time <laughs> at me? And he's like, yeah, man, I should have listened. Uh, for longevity, it's body maintenance. Okay, so this is, this is what I do. Almost not daily, but weekly for sure. I, I, I use a foam roller. I have, uh, uh, I've had uh, plantitis issues when, well, when, when I was training for ultras and, and, and marathons. So I have a hard spike ball that doesn't feel good when I roll my foot, but I do that. Uh, I have a water container that I drink. I don't just, uh, let me just have a bottle of water. No, hydration is key uh, because a slight uh, dehydration uh, makes your performance like 10% you know, lower than what it is. Just a, a slight hydration, dehydration. Uh, I do decompression. Uh, I have, I even have an inversion table at my house. Uh, the one that, uh, so I go to a chiropractor, I, I get two deep tissue massages. Nutrition is key. Uh, fruits and vegetables, I would say p- people should focus on because there's a lot of uh, chemical reactions happening in your body that help you um, not just make testosterone and not just recover your muscles, but balance your home hormones that are related to sleep, that are related to mood, related to all these other things that overall help your body, right? Because if, 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 you, if you can't, if you don't have your proper hormones to sleep properly or, or, or do A, B, and C, then your body's not recovering, right? Um, it's not just, hey, I need my protein. It's, it's not just that. Uh, I would say food over supplements. So don't think like, my protein shake and then I'm good. Well, there's things in, in food that aren't in, in, in supplements, like uh, something called vital, vital chemicals that help your immune system. Obviously anything that boosts your immune system is great because uh, when you're working out, you're actually cracking your immune system, uh, right? So this is why if you overtrain, you get sick. It's because you keep crushing your immune system and then eventually something as minor that you would kick off is now making you sick. Um, yep. So body maintenance and recovery is key for longevity. I do yoga style stretches. I occasionally go to a yoga class. And I remember in 2014, people would be like, dude, you go to yoga class? Bro, if you're single or married, you're, there's a bunch of hot chicks there. So <laughs> at, at the bare minimum, you are in a room doing recovery. If you're single, hey, here's some girls. And if you're married, Focus on your stretches and focus on your stretches. <laughs> great, you know? Um, so, and then if, if you say, hey, man, I, I don't want to do yoga classes. That's pretty expensive. Well, guess what? There's a, a YouTube channel that has a bunch, that's nothing but a bunch of yogis. And if something is tight, hamstrings, back, chest, shoulders, they have a video that specializes in them. And at the very least, hey, a lot of these yogis are hot. So you, you have a, a yogi you can look at. Um, and and mood your mood is is huge you know because if you have a lot of stress a lot of anger and stuff built up man it's it's overall that's gonna just crush your body man like you, you, the body's not meant to be stressed and angry 24 7 you know yep i you know i put out a video on this and 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 uh i'm gonna say this we'll have to wrap it up because i don't want to lose this feed instagram will shut down this uh stream if we go too long so uh Oh, oh, that is so many great points. Like topic by topic, what I would what I would tell people about managing stress and not overtraining. I put out a video on overtraining, and you know I think in the military uh, 
brevet culture, there's this, uh, there's this thing where, you know, just push it and push it and push it. And of course you, you can do that and you can train super, super hard, but you got to know how to mix it up and you have to allow time for the right muscle groups to recover. You have to minimize your stress. You have to take in the right nutrition. You have to do myofascial release, stretching, all those things to recover and ultimately build yourself up so that you can be the monster you want to be. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, Angel, this has been a pleasure. I could talk to you for hours and hours. Um, uh, thank you so much for your time and for coming on. Is there any final things that you want to leave people with? Um, <clears throat> life's too short, man. Uh, I think we should address our issues that we have. Uh, me, veteran, I see a lot of mental health issues, a lot of that, that mess and deal with day-to-day uh, -day relationships, whether it's your wife, girlfriend, uh, dad, mom, or whatever, uh, you know, uh, we should always work on ourselves. So work on yourself. And once you're ready to maybe admit that you got something going on, open up to your loved ones. And, and because guess what? They, they've noticed you have issues as well, right? I, I was guilty of anger issues, of lack of communication within my, my, my marriage, uh, lack of quality time with my kids and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so I'm just trying to, spread the word like hey man i know i'm not the only one doing this when i was active duty and a veteran so the more we talk openly about this stuff i would love to talk about gym stuff and shooting and this and that but i think what i just addressed is something that the community doesn't talk enough about yeah we'd love to have you on again there's so many things we can talk about and you're you know you're great at podcasting you're a great dude we really appreciate you um that's a great uh note to end off on i think you know normalize Normalize taking care of yourself. Um, you know, uh, your health, your well-being is biopsychosocial. So, um, so great, man. Uh, y'all be sure if y'all don't, uh, I'm sure every, most of y'all do, but go check out um, Angel. Go give him a follow. Go give OG Pumpkin a follow. Can you tell him where your website is? Uh, if you just Google OG Pumpkin or Ranger Cortez, everything comes up. Yeah. So many great things to choose from. Uh, Jay, you got anything? Um, no, like you said, I mean, just you, you guys all in here talking about nutrition and fitness, take care of your body. Like you said, it goes for your well-being, your mental health as well. Like it's just as important part of all your overall health. So, you know, take care of yourself. <clears throat> right. So I'm going to end this. I don't want to lose this feed. So, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out Angel's website um, and and be sure to check out trainlikearanger.com where we have workout programs, nutrition programs, merchant apparel, and as always, much more on the agenda. Um, We'll upload this podcast. If you guys came in late, uh, we'll upload it to YouTube and Spotify. So be sure to check it out there as well. Uh, and remember to train to your utmost potential like a ranger. Have a good weekend, guys. Later, dudes. See ya.